Hello, everyone, and welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Chris Kelly is all about Nine Inch Nails, and it's actually all about Nine Inch Nails. Last week, I recorded with Joe Quazala and asked him a very simple question. Do the Smashing Pumpkins belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The reason why is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2020 inductions were quite recent, and Nine Inch Nails was part of that class. And since Chris is uh, the, the person in my life that is a Nine Inch Nails expert, He's actually qualified. He, he's written about them for the Washington Post, and the band used uh, something from his review for the duration of the tour. It doesn't matter. The point is this. I wanted to find out from him if he was glad that Nine Inch Nails are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you like Trent Reznor and Friends, you will most likely enjoy this episode. If not, thanks for giving it a shot. That's really kind of you. What also would be nice is uh, some money, and that's why we now have a Patreon account. Please go to you, me, them, everybody dot com to consider donating it to that it's on the about page and it's also in this podcast description uh 2020 is a horrible 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 year and that's why nine nails had special uh merch including covid masks here's the show okay you like nine inch nails more than anyone i know yes but for the I, listener I at home the people that don't know you the reason why we're specifically talking about nine inch nails is because for better or worse you are an expert on nine inch nails and you have been paid uh, to write about Nine Inch Nails from reputable publications. And the band used a pull quote from your 2018 review of their show at the Anthem for the duration of the tour that lasted for another year. So, Chris... I didn't know that last part. Oh, yeah, you were like the the one quote in the Nine Inch Nails press releases I got after October of 2018 was from your night, from your night one review of their Anthem show. Well, there you go. So for another year they were using that like one quote of yours so the point is this last week i recorded a show with joe quazal the person that knows the most about the rock and roll hall of fame for better or worse and it was all about the smashing pumpkins and and whether or not they belong you your favorite band is now in the rock and roll hall of fame are you glad nine inch nails is in the rock and roll hall of fame yes i am you are Yes. That's surprising to me. I know, I know, but I know we disagree on this, but that's why we're on a podcast. It's good content. Um, okay, yeah, so no, the obvious I'm, question is why. Why? So my thing, I think recently, I mean, I don't care about the Rock and Roll Fame. I don't have a podcast about it, you know, all due respect. Like, oh, I don't I think really Joe understands. It. Oh, yeah, he gets it. There was very self-effacing the whole, that was, that was, recommend that show. And as a, growing up, Pumpkins was like number two for mm-hmm. me. So I, I get that. And But for me, um, my thing is just, you know, give, give people f- their flowers while they live, you know? Okay. We've, we've seen fair. that. Yeah. That's really where it comes down to. It's not, I, I definitely think that, you know, Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails and whatever incarnation still, I know your, your argument is that they're still vital and still making music. And that's why, what's the deal? Like Radiohead isn't, they are, they are, but they, they are. They, Here, here's the thing. The Radiohead definitely belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nine Inch Nails absolutely belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's not, not the question. Yet. My question right. is, are you glad Nine Inch Nails is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I am because the the content of the company, you know, obviously this is a different year and there's not the big show and the covers and the the tributes and all that shit. But I did like, I only watched that segment of the thing on HBO Max, mm-hmm. um, but I also watched like an hour plus YouTube conversation with a journalist that I thought was fixated on just like minutia that didn't really matter. But it was cool to see kind of the band members of, you know, we're talking... And this is a lot of bands in the in the Hall of Fame, not your Radioheads and stuff that have kept, I guess, probably the same lineup. You know, this mm-hmm. is people know Nine Nails. I mean, Nine Nails is Trent Reznor. It says it in the liner notes of Pretty Hate Machine, and that's been the case. But you know, the live band, the the touring band, the the studio band has changed so much over the the thirty years. It's cool to see different generations of that interact, get get honored. I mean, these are you know the artists. In the band, mostly other than Atticus Ross, who he does the soundtracks with, doesn't they don't really get the accolades. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see them get, you know, these are like music industry lifers. Robin Fink plays with GNR and stuff, and then it's cool to see them kind of get get a little shine for the for the work they did. But yeah, I think it, and I and you can see it from I'm sure you followed, you know, Reznor years ago, basically just talking total shit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. until he was basically in it, um, and he's. You know, he's honest about that stuff. I think he he saw, I guess they, who did they they initiate or whatever? He did the cure. The cure. Yeah. So he kind of saw the care that they did for it and and what it meant and kind of turned his 
his head on it, I guess. And then the story I see is that basically it was supposed to just be Trent Reznor in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. this year, but he said it's got to be the band, it's got to be everybody, it's got to be you know at least as many of the key contributors that I can I can stand with, which is solid. I mean, he's a solid dude. I think that's been clear in the the post drug with you know post with teeth era, post drug era. Yeah. Okay, but here's my issue with all of this. There's no there's no good way to to be anti-establishment when you are now in the establishment. You know what I mean? Of course. And the whole point of rock and roll is the opposite of an establishment. So, I am so grateful that Nine Nails is at this level where their influence is massive. That's great. Love it. It just bums me out that my musical taste is in line with every single boomer that's like sees the Rolling Stones indefinitely. You know what I mean? Of course. And I, I think, I mean, that comes with it. I think he's also been, and I think we have to, as we age, get kind of used to it. I mean, I think Trent has, you know, talked about that where rock is supposed to have that, that kind of spirit. You know, I've been in kind of a hold on really quick. Old, when, yeah. when I say rock and roll hall of fame and rock in general, it's not the, the certain, it's all popular music. Right, right. And I think that's what the rock, the, the Hall of Fame has become. I mean, you have Whitney Houston, you exactly. have Biggie. I mean, it's going to be, like you talked about, it's going to be Jay-Z soon. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, I mean, what's when, when's the first Destiny's Child record? Like, it's going to, you have to, yeah, like, good point. how does Beyonce not a first ballot Hall of Famer if this means anything? I mean, she's the biggest, that's 98. So we got to, it's actually closer what is it 25 years 25 26 based 25. on the five and then it happens the next year i guess something like that yeah something i didn't like, know so any of this mean, until joe explained it to me i, I knew know, it was 25 years same. likewise so 25 years from 98 i mean shockingly we're, we're coming upon that so i mean if beyonce is not a first ballot you've kind of uh you're said, fucked like you're an idiot you're yeah yeah how do you just not? burn the place down now right so you know and i mean it's cleveland it might be on fire at some point but I think the the rock thing. It's like you know, and Reznor will be honest about that. I mean, he's he's fifty five, <laughs> so it's like you can be still pissed, and and the stuff is still political. The stuff, you know, is still has he has stores of of anger and uh, venom for for institutions, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it can still be vital in one way. But we do have to acknowledge that he's a grown man with, with children and uh, you know, he's closer to ARP than not. So, I mean, it's just, you know, that's, that's yeah, but I, I get it. I mean, it's saying that it's not, you know, it's, it's not like the most uh, vital thing happening. I think that's fair too. I think it's not the stuff that's driving, driving culture or driving. But that's the thing. I do believe that. that he is still driving a lot of culture, just not with nine inch nails. Through the soundtrack work? Through the soundtrack work, the way, definitely the production of the live shows. You see a Nine Inch Nails show five years later, that's Beyonce set in terms of lights. Yeah, I literally saw that, you know, uh, in this in two nights in 2013 mm-hmm. at, uh, at Made in America, you know, Nine Inch Nails. Beyonce opens one night and is using the screens and stuff that he used, uh, you know, several years prior. And then you kind of see the next night what he's on to next. Um, yeah. And I think we, and we talked about this as far as the influence, you know, I mean, last year he had this cool moment of being kind of like relevant to the, to the pop culture in yeah. a way, because, you know, uh, little Nas X, old town road samples, a ghost track. Uh, and then he gets cut co- the cover from by Miley for, uh, what's that show? It's in the black, black. mirror episode. Black Mirror. There you go. I was gonna say Black Box. That's a different Netflix thing. And then, which I uh, think he scored. Uh, he scored Bird Box. Bird Box. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple. I will say that's one of the things that doesn't get touched on is some of the scores that he's done. You can see which ones are. I mean, he joked years ago, like doing remixes for like Puffy. He was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, well, I had to pay my dealer, so like I did a remix of you know Victory." And I bird box. He's not. Maybe he's paying the HGH guy because like no one gives a shit about bird box. But some of the scores clearly. And, but yeah, I mean, I think you just look at it. Look at Billie Eilish. I mean, maybe she might not even know or be a fan directly. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but anything kind of goth, but like safe goth, mall goth. You know, it all really does start. You know, that's the the funniest part of the HBO Max thing. The Saul Williams what, comment. What? Oh, that he made it safe for white. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, yeah no i thought that was good and i love saul and i and that's a good i'm glad they touched on that because he's a kind of a key contributor 
to this in a, in a way, but like the Iggy pop thing, you know, when I saw Trent Reznor, he looked like a painting in 18th century Spain. And, and you look at those shots, you know, those like very like closer era, the long hair, very pale. He actually has a point. Like oh, he yeah. was, I and mean, then that's like, he's a goth pinup in a way that the other goths and cure and stuff were just kind of like ugly kids with, with makeup and bad hair. But he was, I mean, he's a, he was a good look. He's a good looking guy now, but he was a good looking kid. And that was part of it, you know, is making this palatable. And that's where the, the goth kind of like, seeps down you know through manson through whatever mm-hmm. to whatever we have now where it's like yeah do it and having like leather and electronic beats you can do that in any whether it's rapper or electronic music or whatever i'm trying to find all of the things dave Grohl played on for nine Inch nails and i'm finding that a little bit so difficult with teeth was the first he's on a lot of with tree with teeth yes and with teeth, like I said, definitely the first, the post drug one, but that definitely the drums on there. There's a lot of those fills where you can yeah. kind of, you can And hear. he's Don't on you? not the actual events on uh, drums for the idea of you. Okay. So, the, yeah. The reason why I bring up Dave Grohl is because I feel like it, if I look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as Dave Grohl likes these acts and has helped and or played with these acts, I'm 100% cool with the Rock, with, with Nine Inch Nails being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and because he definitely has that stamp of approval now, mm-hmm. you know he's like two, you know, two generations of rock music. You know, I know you guys talked about this last time. Yeah, like do the anything Foo Fighters past, uh, you know, learn to fly, like bum me out. Yeah, sure, but you <laughs> well, know, that's the thing. Let's go like... through Foo Fighters really quick. Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, <laughs> self self titled, front to back, I listen to it all, all the time. I listen to it all. Nine the time. out of ten. The color and the shape, ten out of ten. If you include the bonus track. I'm going to melter this shit. Five and a half stars. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard the bonus track on The Color and the Shape? No, what is it? Called The Color and the Shape. It was on the UK version. It is awesome. It's the closest they've ever come to making a Nirvana noise track. Okay. It's so great. I will, yeah, you should put some of that in the in the pod. But yeah, I will listen to that. There's nothing left to lose. There's a few. I like the song Next Year. I don't like Learn to Fly at all. Um, One by one. Little I don't like the video date. at all. I really, okay. I like D. I you love don't like D. Him playing, playing with the, uh, you know, gender and no. sexuality stereotypes. No, stop. Not great. Just no, no, no. <laughs> one by one, legitimately like the single. Okay. But every single That's single where I get after one the... by one is a carbon copy of one by one. Yes, they all. Yeah, and I think we. I mean, we've seen them. You've seen them live more, but I mean, the the show I wrote up for the post, the first public show at Anthem. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those post 2000 songs are the same i like uh, a little love for generator a little love for the voice box on uh that's on nothing left to lose but like oh, that yeah. song is not nearly as good as anything on the first two records yeah that's i'm um, that's where i'm yeah that's where it starts going down and that's november 2nd 1999 we're talking 20 plus years yeah. whereas to get it back to our you know it's funny when you look at the discography and i i forget this sometimes because i think look at those first three national's records and yeah. the ep you know but that's 89 and 99 it's been making music 20 more years and there's you know it's it's not all that level and it, not always vital i mean i think downward spiral at any time that's going to be the defining work because it, it still is just like so hard and weird and dark and fucked and you can't really i don't think he and i think he would be you know admit to it. it's like it's a singular work but there's definitely stuff since then i know you know year zero you know, I think the the whole world around that record that they created was mm-hmm. cool. I think, which is know, not even mentioned things. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, and it's tough because it's like you know, I actually was going back, I was looking at all tweets and stuff, and I remember when he when Reznor did uh, Fresh Air. That's Terry Gross, right? Yeah. Um, when was this? You know, she asked him about uh, a few years ago. She asked him about I don't know what press cycle he's on, but she asked him about Head Like a Hole, I think, and Hurt, and mm-hmm. I was like. I mean, we're talking about, you know, it was 20 years old at that point. And I was like, I think the guy's done a little bit some, maybe it was. Uh, I got dis- to respectfully disagree because it's the Johnny, like Hurt. Hurt is bit, hurt is good, but no, that was the extent. It was like 94. It was like, oh, you did a bunch of stuff when you were a kid. Like, yeah. like just folk. It was like, head like a hole. What's that about? And it's like, you know, I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a massive song. And that was a fun bit in the HBO Max too, is St. Vincent kind of marking yeah. out going this song is like two choruses guys like this is a like and her cover is good it's a little 
the, the whole presented by Amazon's a little gross. But did you I'm enjoy the here. woman from Savage's version of Closer? I don't think I listened to that yet. I didn't realize who that was. But yeah. yes, I will have to check it out. Um, there, it's a, it's a, um, there's a good well. It doesn't get these stuff doesn't get covered as much as I think it could. There's a good cover from a few years ago. This artist Natasha Meadow who did a cover of one of the tracks off Pretty Machine. Uh, one of the strangest National's covers I've ever seen live was uh, uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack covering Sanctified. That sounds not good. I mean, it's a great baseline. It's that wasn't wasn't particularly good. Um, yeah, no the the fact that the the doc kind of misses the middle act. You know, not I even think just post- the middle act. It just stops after. They don't talk about anything after the Downward Spiral tour. The tour footage right. is from Woodstock 94 and the next year when he was on tour with Bowie, and that's it. There's one clip, one shot of a video from The Fragile, but no music from The Fragile. Nothing mm-hmm. from With Teeth or Year Zero or Ghost, save for the little Nas X. Nothing right. from The Slip, nothing from Hesitation Marks, nothing from David Lynch, nothing from the EP trilogy, not the Twin Peaks thing, not anything just going straight to soundtracks like this entire thing the stuff that i think is way better than anything from the first three records is just missing really you think it's better than the first three records i would put on the most recent trilogy of eps more than probably anything else okay going back i think with teeth is actually maybe his best record because as standalone songs, it kind of work, and Dave Grohl's drums are amazing. Downward Spiral is way too depressing to put on unless you're like alone or with company that understands what's going on. Pretty Hate Machine is so dated in a way that I'm okay with. But yeah, I think if you want an '80s record, I think yeah. it's. I mean, but, those drums and the keyboard. I mean, it's all. Those are like but lyrically, like it's very much like it's tough. I'm it's an advanced. Tough junior high writer or like I'm living my dream as a high schooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, the devil wants it, to it, fuck me in the back there. of the car is not a good line. No, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of cringe on the, on the first, I mean, even through downwards bar, I mean, big man with a gun is, is yeah. still a tough, you know, cause the, the guns is penis. Yeah. I get uh, it. There's a lot of that, you know, and it's, it is tough. Um, I, I like with teeth. And that was the first, actually, the first tour I actually saw was mm-hmm. the Wood Teeth tour. And yeah, I mean, that was some of those, you know, I feel like I was going to tweet this the other day, but I feel like every day is exactly the same as not getting the. Oh, the completely agree. Shine that it's that it deserves. Uh, there's also a really good LP uh, remix of that. That is or I believe he did. a Yeah, he LP did. No, he did only, which is better than any of the Run the Jewels stuff. Um, yeah. All the love in the world. I mean, he's got it. It's like a disco breakdown, like. Yeah, you know what you are is the one that really has the grohl. That's the grohl stamp of approval. So, um, yeah, what clearly, would you highlight? What, how would you highlight? You know, if you're editing and shooting that Edge Mix, how do you kind of get from? I was the biggest rock band in the world, then I OD'd on coke and heroin, and then I made a bunch of other records and other stuff, and now I make soundtracks. You do the last do you dance get- way. You just you cut between it, and you have a timeline that shows us where we are. Okay. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, and then you you yeah, make think, it clear yeah. that he's only one away from an EGOT. Right. And that's what I'm ex- I'm waiting for is, you know, at one point Fincher and him were supposed to do a Fight Club musical. Didn't happen. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Netflix gets into the musical business. They get some of that Hamilton money. I always uh, thought Year Zero was the thing that was supposed to be uh, a production of something. I know it was supposed to be a TV show. A video game, a TV show. They had a lot of other stuff. And it's funny to listen to that because, by the way, that's a dystopian uh, U.S. government in the year 2022. Um, <laughs> and it's and much like, you know, anything, you know, I think there's like Twitter accounts dedicated to this to like liberals during the Bush years. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is so quaint. Like year zero, yeah. it, it's still like it's got some good songs and stuff, but the concerns of it and the political concerns, so quaint. That's um, why I listen to yeah. I used to I think Year Zero was their pinnacle and mm. then the downward spiral. Looking back, I actually think it's the most recent trilogy, mm-hmm. then Broken, then With yeah, Teeth. I, I think, I mean, Broken has always been a, a personal favorite of mine. I mean, yeah, you can't really cover, they could have covered that. They could have covered the Broken movie. It's weird HBO because Max. there were clips from the Broken movie, which is very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, there was the opinion video, which is yeah. the, the leather guy being fed the toilet, which is like the... 
least disturbing. I mean, the, the snuff stuff in uh, the snuff stuff in the broken movie is still a little tough to watch. It would have been um, yeah, nice yeah. that if it's, I think it's, is it the down in it video that was that the FBI thought the FBI was a real snuff them, film? Yeah, because the this is pre drones, children. Yeah, a, a camera attached to a balloon ended up in a field because they shot in Chicago, and uh, some of that was a snuff film because he was covered in cornstarch and lying in the street. But yeah, no, there's a lot of other stuff. I think yeah, the year zero thing. The I remember what, like as that stuff was happening, track people literally like it seemed. Like you knew it was coming from the band, but you also seemed like it was just internet. You know, my mm-hmm. my uncle works at Nintendo stuff. Like I found this thumb drive in the bathroom yeah. at the Nine Inch Nails show, or like they were doing weird stuff with like shotgun mics, where they were like beaming messages to individuals in the audience. Like they were doing really fucked up, interesting stuff. And I don't think, yeah, I feel like that that was stuff. You know, and this is kind of the the, the, the releasing it for free, and the and the Rock and Roll fame is concerned with the the commerce in many ways, and. And I think Radiohead gets credit for In Rainbows, but like, I think Reznor and what he did with the Saul Williams record and what he's done with Ghosts and the has slip. been pushing that. Yeah, a, a full album as soon as he got out of his contract. You know, I think they've been pushing that a lot more and more consistently as like, yeah, there's a different way to do this. And like, mm-hmm. we got to get paid, but like, here's a Creative Commons, here's four records of Creative Commons music to fuck with, you know? Yeah. And I think that stuff is interesting. Um, yeah, and I think the Bad Witch and the and the EP stuff, you know, bringing together, you know, that's the most as you know, you as being like a big David Lynch guy, like that's the closest like Bowie, Battle of Mente influence stuff, bringing the saxophone, like yeah. doing the crooning. I'm I'm really impressed with those, and they also have the the vitality of the broken, like just just really like distorted guitar metal ships. So. It's a good culmination of like, oh, this is everything in our career we've ever done. And every once in a while, like Queens of the Stone Age has like one song that does that, or Wilco has one song that, it, or Radiohead, any act that's been doing something for 20 plus years has that. Yeah. And that's that. And to me, that's always the best music. And unfortunately, by that point, most people have fallen off and only want the hits or in their little world, what the hits are. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, Nationals is not going to sell at that level. I mean, he'll like sell out arenas and stuff still, but he's not going to like whatever record sales mean now. I, you know, or kind of like being part of the zeitgeist. I just, it's, but it's still important stuff. I think, I mean, really it's two instrumental records this year. It's been a weird year, but like there will be more Nine Inch Nails music. There will be a tour. There will be more soundtracks that are as important as like the Watchmen soundtrack, which mm-hmm. I think is really a, watching that show. It was kind of, you know, inextricably linked to it. I mean, they were a band. They made a fake band. Once again, kind of doing this alternative reality. If you like any of the liner notes, or if you there's a there's a fun Rolling Stone video they did. They did an interview with uh, Seppenwall, and then characters from the show showed up in it. Like they're they're game, you know. And I think that's been part of it too. Is he's it's 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 interesting because growing up with this band. And it really does have this this aura and mystery, and you know we're talking some monoculture stuff and the internet. It was like you didn't really have a sense of him. You got the interviews, you got mm-hmm. the videos. Like watching guys like Robin Fink look like total maniacs in the in the you know on closure versus seeing him now as a guy who does yoga and like you know just noodles with guitars and plays the GNR. It's like it's it's interesting and and. You know, I, I think once again, you know, I, I named my my son. His name is inspired by by Trent Reznor, uh, and uh, I'm just glad I I bet on the right horse when I was 13 because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gone sideways. But uh, yeah, I think and they, that continues. They continue to show they have a sense of humor about it. They don't say you know, and watching him kind of dick around with his old bandmates with an interviewer who only wanted to talk about the injuries sustained at Lollapalooza. You know, I think he gets it. You know, but he yeah. also knows he's not just a nostalgia act, even if being in the Hall of Fame points to that. Does the soundtrack work belong with the Nine Inch Nails work? I think so. I think even it's a, though it's a, Watchmen is not Nine Inch Nails, Social Network is not Nine Inch Nails, none of the soundtracks are Nine Inch Nails. Correct. Um, I think it does because I think they, I think they, you know, they're fudging it because they want to, they put the big name on it. But if the, if their original theory was, we're going to give it to Trent Reznor, but he wants it under the Nine Inch Nails name, you fudge it and you say, well, it's got two of the bandmates going off and fucking off and doing soundtracks. I think sonically there's enough, they are different, 
you can listen to a soundtrack mm-hmm. and, and you know hear some of that stuff but you know it's to the point where i was watching something and i was like oh this is funny it's got like a, a nine inch nails ripoff soundtrack on it um and then i checked the credits and it's uh atticus ross um <laughs> and so i was like oh okay and the movie is triple nine it's a garbage crime movie from a couple years ago but it was funny because it's like that stuff now is its own genre of kind of of soundtrack yeah. work um and those set the soundtracks you know like i said there are a couple of these movies that you know don't matter um patriots day i'm looking at you but like this year a weird year he scored they scored mank and they scored soul <laughs> the souls the pixar movie will be released on christmas on disney plus and mank is the the kind of only good movie coming out this year so it is interesting that he's that it's kind of been an, a decade because tw- social networks 2010 mm-hmm. a decade of this of you know the stuff that fills in the gap i mean you can put if you put ghosts on the soundtrack work on shuffle as i often do it doesn't it's not jarring no you know there's musical themes that crop up there's motifs and kind of you know rabbit holes he ends up in both and Mm -hmm. so i think i think it fits and it's what's kept him kind of uh you know giving him an outlet for 10 years of those you know you don't want more how to how to destroy angels records you know i'd rather him kind of noodle with soundtracks and then get keep the good stuff sure 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 um who do you care do you know who's in the rock and roll hall of fame like does do you follow any of it no okay. i mean, I've seen the, i see the headlines every year and i probably had to at writing for music outlets i've probably had to write who's going in but yeah i don't have any idea do you think that this will be a good thing overall for inevitably dads that take their kids to the rock and roll hall of fame mean like who's this dude and might you be hearing do you think you're gonna hear Nice Nails on Classic Rock Radio in five years because of this? I would say I think it's a I think it's a good thing, an interesting thing because I'm curious like kind of what like what's the Nine Inch Nails like do they have some of his like fishnets? You yeah, know, like, what, what are you, do what are you showcasing? What, what artifact do used you have? vials. Yeah, do they have the goatee from the perfect drug video? Do they like, have the Manson have? the Sharon Tate door that he uh of the house yeah, that he the nothing, bought? Yeah, the Nothing Studios door. Um, maybe, you know. I think, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to put because it's also, it's one of those things too, you know, I think overall, you know, with notable outliers like your Bowies and some of the glam stuff, which I don't know how much of that's in there. Are like the New York Dolls in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Okay. Bowies so clearly like, in the Hall of Fame. Sure. But like generally, I think we could say generally rock music, super mask like you know guitars are are once again guitars are dicks guns are dicks um but nine Nails, i mean there is some of that but at the same time he's in you know bondage gear and there's always been kind of a like it's it's not a, it hasn't been a you know i don't know where it is on the kinsey scale but it's not on the one end you know mm-hmm. so i think introducing that in the hall is kind of is you know adding to that part of the of rock music is good um and i think i imagine i mean Rock radio play, you know, when I hear classic rock radio and it plays like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, like I assume is Nine Inch Nails not on like the Gator or whatever the, <laughs> the classic rock station is. I don't even know what the classic rock playlist is. But what's your, what are your top like three, what are the ones that go on classic rock that kind of fit between, uh, you know, get the let out? Ooh, that's a good question because I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Right. It's clearly closer. Right? Yeah, but that's the thing. But, but closer that doesn't is a fit. Weird, closer is a weird, like it's the biggest song, but they talk about it. It's like. No, Hurt is the and, biggest song at this point. Hurt is the biggest song. Point, yes. But Closer is the iconic song in in a way that like it's the it's the only song that sounds like that. And it's the only song that was a, you know, if not chart topping. It it's got their 1979. Close. It's their Smashing Pumpkins 1979. Is Do you go, 79 is their biggest like most. It is hands down their biggest. It was their biggest hit in terms of video. Great video. It's there. It's have, no other song did, in the catalog really sounds like it. Probably talked about it. Did you? Well, he tried. I mean, he much tried with perfect, which tried. I think is actually a superior song. But seventy nine, okay. nothing 79. sounds like seventy nine. In the video, when they're in the pool, did you think that there was nudity in that video that was blurred, or did you later realize, like I did, that it was water on the camera? Oh, I always thought water on the camera. Okay, well, I was I was hoping for nudity. Um, yeah, closer, but closer is a weird. It's like 
I think Pop Eggy Pop mentioned it. It's like it's almost like a P Funk. It's got like a weird. Well, I don't know if you remember it. when we saw them at the then Verizon Center on mm-hmm. what tour was that? Is it thirteen? That might be Hesitation Marks. So I saw them yeah. twice that year, and they, yeah, that was the second. That was the more like full experience. Yeah, it was a full experience in the show. arena. They had gospel singers specifically for songs like Closer. S- specifically, Lisa Fisher from. Uh, people know her from the uh, five feet from is it five feet from yeah, stardom? Five feet from stardom. Yeah, no, Lisa fifty Fisher. feet, fifty feet. Yes, five fifty, whatever it was. Lisa Fisher. She's saying, "How do I use the pain?" She's like a she's like one of these key like backup backup singers, mm-hmm. and she was on that tour. Also, wasn't Buckingham? Like, he was on that record, maybe not on the tour. He's on the record. He was not on the tour. Yeah, Pino Palladino was on the tour, but yeah, but but closer. Yeah, they really amped that up. I mean, and the funny thing that they don't it's really trivia nerd shit to get into, but the, the drum is Iggy pop. Yeah. It's uh, sister midnight nightclubbing. Isn't it sister midnight? Um, it's that same I, record. I, okay. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's the same record, but it's no, like, no, I think no, you're probably I've right. I've seen the nightclubbing thing for years, but it's yeah, it's just no, a heavily right. modified bass drum. So yeah, just that, but it's such, so to put it on classic rock is so weird because it's like a groove. Whereas I think a lot of the later, it's interesting, like a lot of the later stuff, all the, you know, I will say the one thing with Nine is a lot of the singles post, like with teeth on, every record has a hand that feeds. Yeah. You know, and was it hand that feeds on with teeth? Yeah. So maybe that is the thing you hear on classic rock radio. It's like hand that feeds, uh, survivalism. No, like there's no always... way. I don't think survivalism scratches that same itch. I, I would I think that that's what I always kind of put together in my head as like these songs that have these very straight ahead um there's one on there's got to be one on, on Year Zero that has that kind of that kind of just like straightforward I could see it on a rock radio See to me and back haunted like there was a lot of them that just kind of like keep hitting this like we're just going to keep kind of doing this and that's that you know you can detract from them if you want but I think those are the ones that go versus or just put broken wish yeah, you know? I love that stuff. Clearly, yeah. it's so hard. <laughs> I mean, it's the only gram. I mean, to this point, and that could always change because, like, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. But like, it's the only Grammy award-winning song to say "fist fuck." So you got that going yeah. for you. It's tough on the radio. Um, I'm just looking yeah. at the single, the singles, and like, I don't know. Right, it's tough. I guess had like a be. whole. Yeah, I think maybe it'll just be stuff that kind of mixes it up. Like, I mean, head like a hall at this point, you know, it's it's thirty five years old or thirty years old. So yeah. it's like, you know, it is classic. I, I mean, it's funny. U.S. alt charts, hand that feeds only. Every day is exactly the same. Survivalism all hit one on the U.S. alt charts, but they did it in the two thousand. So yeah. that's like meaningless, probably. You know, the highest charting song. And it's it's a weird one, but I know why. Day of the World Went Away, seventeen is his highest charting single ever, and that's because it was the the lead single off Fragile, and it was the first. It was released like two months before the record. Yeah, but I had that I had that CD single. Oh, I bought that the day it came out. Yeah, me too. And I think is that's uh, um. What's the B side? Starfuckers the B side? Yeah. Starfuckers the B side. And it was like, this is the first taste of Nine Inch Nails. I mean, the 99 stuff was definitely the first. Perfect Drug in 97 is where I, that's like the song that it's corny, but changed my life. Cause I realized, like, oh, this is, this is the music. This is the, what I'm into mm-hmm. aesthetically, but like waiting for fragile, the, the VMAs on nine, nine 99 where he played fragile. Yeah. Like that was all, and so day of the world went away. I I get why that's at seventeen, but it's funny because it's kind of an inconsequential, sonically song. You know, sonically in the catalog, it's not doesn't really chart. But yeah, yeah. and that's the that's the crazy thing with all none of the singles ever did anything. And then you know, downward spiral. Yeah, downward spiral only hit number two, but obviously it went. You know, it it sold three four million copies or something. So. That's the thing I was wondering about the pumpkins and the reason why I wanted to do that specific episode because the pumpkins influence is way more massive when it comes to basic. These be, these people sold the most tickets, sold the most merch, sold the most records and stop. It's the Smashing Pumpkins. Like they're yeah. number one, bigger than Nirvana, bigger than Nine Inch Nails, at least in terms of tickets, right? 
Nirvana handicaps yeah, sure. themselves I mean, with that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a handicap, yeah. And Pearl Jam obviously sat on the bench for a long time. Nine Inch Nails for like more than half the nineties working on a record, you know, like not out there the whole time like the pumpkins were. Yeah. But it seems that there are very, very, very few acts that have benefited from staying active, and Nine Inch Nails is one of them. Right. Wilco is one of them, but I think if you want to be remembered better, it is definitely better to burn out than to fade away. No yeah. one's like, ooh, new Foo Fighters single, except every rock station program director because they know Dave Grohl will show up. He's good for, yeah, babies. I mean, he's, he's good for business. You know, he's best for business. But yeah, I mean, I think you look at an act that like, you know, one of his biggest influences and all that, but you you know, look at David Bowie's career. You know, there's there's fallow periods. You know, I think oh, it there's a, there's strong. like decades of horrible shit. Yeah, there's just like, just like, well, there was like the drug there's drug years where it wasn't coming together. Well, Joe, then, hold on. Pump the fucking brakes. Some of the best years were the drug years. Okay. I'm saying there's like stuff where he gets kind of lost. It depends on the drug. Himself. Don't blame drugs yeah. at large. Hey, I love, I love, I love drugs influence on music. I think sometimes when people sober up, yeah, it doesn't always work out. And Reznor is kind of exception to his rule. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of the two thousands. I mean, yes, I think Bowie ended strong. You oh, his last record for better or worse was like his best record since earthling and earthling's not a great record. It's just like got one amazing song and then like and little wonders pretty okay. The, and who was featured on the best song in earthling? Let's see. That's the thing was Bowie. Sorry. Was that a Reznor production? Was so I'm afraid of Americans? A Reznor remix, thing? That's the thing. So the remix of I'm afraid of Americans is the Reznor thing. That's exactly. what was the single. So no, not even really on the record. Yeah, technically, because I had yeah. I'm an idiot and I had the record and then I had to buy the like CD single which you had heard the Nine Nails yeah. Ice Cube version. <laughs> nice, uh, great. Once again, great video. Taxi Driver. I remember like that's another song from that era, you know, because that's '97. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's that song and that was probably my first introduction to Bowie really, and and Perfect Drug and it was yeah, but they were both like even if you got like the Perfect Drug single, you just got like the meat beat. Manifesto, yeah, you by the Lost get, Highway like, soundtrack, which I did. Uh, you also get I, so you know, full circle there. But no, I mean, I think looking at Bowie, like you know, you can have periods where maybe the like no one's really standing for the slip, but I think he stayed relevant and and found a way to to kind of not reinvent. You can put slip has my second favorite drum sound of the Nine Inch Nails catalog. It's very specific, but I'd have to listen. I haven't. I don't. I don't revisit the the, the drums on One Million are just like perfect. Who did? I'm just looking. Oh, I don't was, even know. It was, it, it was just Freeze. But um, it's very like they opened the tour with that, and it's yeah. it just it's super super duper straightforward. Um, it's it's perfect. Yeah. No, so, I, I, I mean, yeah. Who do you think? Are there any Nine Inch Nails peers that you think belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like peers. So just go to Wikipedia at this point or, and just like sure, type in like, Nine Inch Nails no, and you see associated acts. Okay, yeah, I was gonna do like all music. Like, what? I'd have to think about it. Who do you have as far as? Well, like, there's peers? there's two here, right? Okay. The obvious one is: Does Marilyn Manson belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And right. I think he does simply because if Alice Cooper's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Marilyn Manson should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame simply because of Columbine. Oh yeah, I mean in Columbine, and then even you know beyond, like just the phenomenon and the pop cultural impact, like, you know, what other band in the hall of fame would be, would, would there be urban legends about either this guy was on wonder years or he took out his wrist to suck his own dick. Like he, Rod Stewart. there was, well, that's different. That's having your stomach pumped, but you know, from, but this is another guy like another band, you know, like the, the pumpkins where it's like, there's a, there's a, you know, some decades where you're like, okay, you're just doing the fight song over and over. Like, yeah. you're just putting out stuff. And I will say, I've listened, to, I haven't listened to it, but I think Pale Emperor, one of the last ones where you had the guy Tyler Bate is the producer where he's, he's kind of doing like, and now he's working with Shooter, where it's kind of like, there's actually, there's a good lane for him where I think he's coming back a little bit in an interesting way. He's never going to be Marilyn Manson with Rose McGowan at the VMAs, but he's like finding some interesting music. But that's the big peer as far as someone who had the cultural impact. I mean, the one that like will never like 
they probably don't, they don't deserve to be, but I always think of ministry, but yeah, that's a weird one. No, that's, that's not a, a weird one. I mean, this year's class also has Depeche mode. Like you, right. you, one plus one equals one. <laughs> that, right. Yeah. You that totally makes you sense. Ministry, but you go ministry, but I can nod my head to it, you know, and that's not a shells and that's, yeah. So from that, those, if you look at the other artists of significance, there's one that I'm on the fence about because it's the same reason why I'm not happy Nine Inch Nails are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though they should be, is Queens of the Stone Age. I don't think there's been a better rock and roll like meat and potatoes band of the last 20 years. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I've, I've constantly said that just because like he's the only guy like you see, you know, not I'm not a smoker. Uh, and But you see Josh from I me mean, like, with the cigarette hang out of your mouth, his mouth, and you're like, oh yeah, I get that. Like I want to smoke cigarettes or have sex with him, like whatever it is. Like he, there's a rock quality to it. Plus, like the music, obviously, is yeah. what's really driving it. Is there's like that, you know, the turning the kind of going from the stoner stuff to like more, like better produced, more, th- you know, kind of like I don't know other words for it, but like uh, what they do is the only rock music. Because I don't consider like a Nine Inch Nails, even if they present as a rock band, sometimes I don't consider them rock. Um, but Queens of Stone Age, as far as like a four-piece, whatever rock band, guitar-led, guitar solos, mm-hmm. riffs, Black Sabbath, yeah. And I mean, they that's that's a band. It's funny because like I don't think they're not a first, you know. Like there's all, so many bands, band. and that's the thing is, but they're you'd have to be relevant long enough to or have your people like Dave Grohl, you know, rally for you. But like. Dave Grohl's going to be trying to get bad brains for the next 10 years. I don't know about, though, because because Queens has Grohl on the records. Bad Brains doesn't. Right. And Bad Brains has inspired a ton of T-shirts for sure, but in terms of actual sound, I don't think you hear nearly as much Pumpkins or Nine Inch Nails on the like, current rock radio as you do Queens. Oh, yeah. No, I get that because they, they have – and that's the band that can slide – you could just play them on classic rock radio would be Queens. Yeah. And, and yet at the same good. time, it doesn't, yeah. And it's, but it doesn't sound, it's never been a uh, tribute act way. It doesn't sound like what's the band that became, uh, it's got Are like a wolf mother. No, there's like a the dark kids. No, they're like kids. It came out, it got like van fleet. It came out like a couple years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ones that just rip off Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like that. It's not. It's not like pastiche or homage. And yeah, they're the only ones that like made guitar music in the two since two thousand or ninety eight or whatever that mattered. You know, like I know you like White Stripes, but like as far as like the stuff that wasn't just, I don't know. They took they took an old sound and made it and made it really very very for. similar trajectory too. Of like we are a major label act to we now hate the major labels and we're going to go to this indie. Um, same with the Nationals of like this is Josh Homme with friends, but here's a bunch of collaborators that've been on the same page for forever. They clearly have the right. role connection. Um, they clearly have band members that they can no longer associate with because they're bad people. Yikes! Yeah, and and yeah, and just but like solid every record. I mean, that's also a band that where I feel like after the last record, it's just like does the band still exist? Is Josh Homme still like what's going on? And it's only been three years, but it feels like. They feel like I don't know. I guess maybe because I didn't see their last tour, it feels like a long time. But I mean, the last time I think I saw them was also 2013. Um, and yeah, just a great, great band. I mean, a band who like he's a, another guy that I think would benefit from the kind of like rock and roll hall of fame kind of like press circuit because he looks like a jock. You know, does he have a jock jock energy? He homie? does, but also he. But to like, me, I get 1950s greaser more than jock. Yeah, well, and that's like a the, compliment. Sure, but the fifties degrees are definitely not problematic. Definitely not, you know, beating up Mexicans <laughs> or anything. But like, he's got that energy. But I remember him at at Made in America. You know, security's telling guys to get their girlfriends off the shoulders. And he's like, "Come on, man, they're just having a good time. Like, we're, are we at a fucking show or not? Like, lay off, bro. Like, giving a cigarette to security. Like, he's a, you know, it's a, it's broy, in a way that I think actually worked for the hall. And I, yeah, that's that's the one. First time I saw Nash Nails, the opening acts were Death from Above 1979. Oh, you were at that tour. That's cool. Well, and that tour, and I've told you this, but I've never told in the pod, is that I was supposed to see them. That's the With Teeth tour. Oh, five. Oh, five. So I was in college. I was supposed to see them in Fort Lauderdale, and there was a hurricane, so there was no power. 
for a couple of days. So I bought tickets and flew up to New York and saw them at MSG. So, because I was very much not missing that tour, and I did not. So that tour a, has a brief appearance tour. in the Death from Above 1979 documentary. I didn't know there was a Death from Above 1979 documentary. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> not going in the Hall of Fame. Probably not. No, I'll, neither, I'll bet neither, all the money no, possible. No. You could name the year. Death from Above 1979 is not going in. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, there's so much more I'd like to geek out about for Nine Inch yeah. to the general public. But it's never, it's like pointless. Like the way yeah. he named all the, like the singles Halos. Right. Like, what is that? Like, I want a documentary just about that. Yeah. And that's the thing where I think at some point, you know what I've, I've really wanted? Like, we're doing this now. I mean, I've been kind of clamoring for, you know, the, the, the Marin interview. You know, like if you get a really good Marin interview, I'd be happy with it because. I think he would at he's a he's you know like you need someone you don't need a fan you don't need me to interview Trent Reznor you need someone who like can not do what the doc did the, the HBO little thirty minute thing did you need someone who knows the the arc and can ask I don't know he, he I know you've been standing for this Marin thing for years but yeah. Marin doesn't know enough to ki- to actually get anything interesting yeah, I want well, a David I'll, Lynch I'll interview it. I'll do it oh well, that's they might talk in circles I don't that's know what fine. you get from that. That's yeah, fine. That's fun. That's fun. I, you know, I think there is a there's there's room for like a long form thing. I don't want to see. That's the one thing I don't want to see till not like he's dead, but like let him do more music. Let the let let's you know close the you know end the halos. And I'll I'll, I'll sit down for the two hour, you know, National's doc that really that doesn't end it and end at Woodstock ninety you know ninety four. Like I I want that full story, but that story is still being written. The Nine Nails VHS copy, the, the double VHS, the <laughs> one VHS tape was this, the videos, the other one being like the tour oh, doc. Yeah. yeah. I think that is still like a really helpful tool to understanding this band and to understanding like how not happy that guy was about that Woodstock 94 performance. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like shit. They, they admitted at the time they did it for money because he, he, in interviews at the time, he says, well, I'm just, and it's, it's actually an ethos that he's continued, which is, I'm going to just dump that money back into the live performance. Yeah. Um, even if it's been a stripped down, like the ones we saw two years ago, you know, the money goes back, you know, or it's like something like they do it now. I don't know if you saw the nine inch nails face masks. Um, no, I have not. I will now Google that. Okay. So they made, um, they made COVID masks. They're modular. And so you can put like a different in the like nine inch nails, the new, you know, the font and aesthetic you can have, the Nine Inch Nails logo. You can have dirty, clean, numb, enraged, broken, fixed, fragile, pig, asleep, awake, compliant, resistant. And then there's like a uh, the expansion pack: obsolete, contagious, resentful, disappointed, doomed, dead, infected, ready, alone, believer, withdrawn, entitled, delusional. Both of which are sold out, so you cannot have either of these. But wow. if you did want them, it was thirty-five dollars for the pack and then fifteen for the expansion. So it's wow. like the way he kind of thinks about like merch like merch like the rock hall stuff they have like kind of the old iconic looks you know the the pretty hit machine rib cage the the broken end the downward spiral i don't know what are those razor it's like razor blade with coke on it you know the yeah thing i'm talking about the fragile flower so those are all sold out you know they they and he he had mentioned this on his in the little speech you know like the fan base you guys drive me fucking nuts but you know we've had quite a ride and he 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 knows how to how to do this, make it keep it interesting. Even uh, do you find years. it weird that the the guy who I would say cared the most about audio quality of like any of the big '90s acts is now like you know what I used to release stuff on like uh, what is that format called? Flack on Flack now vinyl. We're going vinyl. We're going vinyl. Yeah, you know, and that's and I think he's a kind of a said you know there's like a little. Sometimes the nostalgia and the I'm a I'm an old man stuff creeps in, mm-hmm. you know, like and and that's disappointing, you know. But yeah, and that's that's the vinyl stuff. But I don't know. They, they I will say they put care into it. I have the fragile vinyl, and you know, this stuff is they they're not just kind of it's not just a cash in, which which you you know 
I don't mind the selling out thing. I think we're we have to be past that as adults. But I think the that that thing from the nineties of like the band selling out. I think. Oh no! I don't give a shit about that. No, no, no. I'm not judging it in any way. I just think it's weird considering how often he was he was the audiophile. Right. So the point where he was working with, you know, Apple Music and Mm -hmm. Beats and all that stuff to kind of like. Let's figure out how to like get the audio quality up. Let's figure out how to like make the algorithm better. I don't know how much he does that anymore, but that was definitely a thing for a few years. Um, you know, making the digital music experience better for everyone. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, people people want to buy social network. They want to buy the the Quake soundtrack on vinyl. I guess you got to give. The I'm in the store now. Almost everything is sold out. This is cr- like all the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff is sold out. Oh yeah. Quake remastered is sold out, which is insane because no one who gives a shit. Yeah. But at the same time, the Watchmen stuff, which I'm not going to, I don't buy vinyl, but like the, the Watchmen soundtrack and I, the whole, like they did a lot of the alt reality stuff for that. Like mm-hmm. it's not by non snails. It's by like a band that exists in the universe that was inspired by the events of like, I don't know if you watched Watchmen, but like, or the movie or the comic, but like by like the big catastrophe, Cataclysmic mm-hmm. event. It's like a tribute band to that band, and like they really went all in on this stuff. Um, and yeah, the Watchmen stuff has like in ridiculous liner notes and stuff. But I, yeah, I mean, clearly gives a shit. I think the the aesthetic stuff still works. I think the the bad witch stuff. I have that T shirt. I think it looks great. Um, yeah, Nine Inch Nails, good band. Do you, Rock and roll band. Are you uh, going to be upset? And, or disappointed if your kid doesn't like his namesake's band? No, not at all. That's silly. Because you can't, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I play the music. I propose that I play a lot of stuff for him. But, you know, I think at some point, I think the best I can hope for is like, he like, acknowledge, like, you know, respects it, acknowledges it. You know, go, okay, I get it. It's not for me. That's, that's weird old man shit. <laughs> what is this devil fuck me in the back of the car business? I get, like, that's fine. But I think there's enough there. Something will, something at least will resonate and uh, and mean maybe a little to him. If he, when he hears and understands March of the Pigs for the first time, and he's like, "I need to get a drum set," will you get him a drum set? Sure. I mean, I played it for him the other day, and he definitely like grabbed the. I mean, he grabbed whatever was near and started like, you know, rocking. He out. grabbed the roadie slash groupie, made <laughs> out with her. Hey, no groupie. Let's he not. Trent Reznor has not been named in any sort of Me Too allegations. <laughs> totally never did anything. He threw suspect. the mic stand at you. you. He destroyed the keyboard. That's fair. That's fine. Put yeah, on his so fish, fishnets. <laughs> fishnets? Fishnets. Yes. Smeared some red lipstick on and then uh, recreated that look 25 years later with David Lynch. 